Thank you, Jesus. Let's see if today <laughs> we can move beyond the first verse of <laughs> Romans 12. <laughs> because we've been in Romans 12 for how many weeks, Janice? A lot. But, you know, I'm not going to apologize for the little rabbit trails because if I submit to God and I allow him to talk through me, I'm just going to let him do it. <laughs> right, Barb? <laughs> because sometimes I get to depending upon the notes and depending upon what I have here. And he wants to go another way. And so I want to go his way, not my way. <clears throat> so anyway, we're back to Romans 12 and we're back to the first verse. And all I want to do is read it. And then I'm going to skip down to, I think, where I left off before. But I'm not even going to promise that because I don't even know where I left off the last time. So anyway, I'm going to read it. Janice, do you have it open in the Passion? I just want to see what the Passion says. Okay, uh, Romans 12, the first, yeah, the first, um, two, the first two verses. Romans 12. Mm -hmm. first, the first, yeah, the first two verses. Friends, what should be our proper response to God's marvelous mercy? To surrender yourselves to God to be his sacred living sacrifices and live in holiness experiencing all that delights his heart for this becomes your genuine expression of worship that's the first mm -hmm. and then that goes on to say then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is his good pleasing and perfect will and <clears throat> I think I know why we've been in this verse for so long, because I don't know if maybe some of us even know how to surrender our entire being to God and what that actually means to surrender all. And um, I have been, I'll tell you, I've been surrendering thoughts, attitudes, everything I can even because I realize more today than I ever have in my walk with the Lord how much I get in the way of God. And probably you guys don't, but I do. Oh, <laughs> <a disclaimer. laughs> how I, and you know it's strange because the, the, the longer I walk with the Lord, you would think the more refined that we would get. But you know what, I, what happens to me is that the longer I walk with the, with the Lord, the more I see how big I have been. It's crazy. It's the craziest thing. And I don't want it that way. But we're born that way. We're born with us on the throne. And so we think all of most all of our lives that the world revolves around us and it does not revolve then around God. And so I'm just as guilty as anyone else because my flesh is just as bad as anybody else's. And um, I, I feel like the further we walk with God and it's I don't mean this to sound harsh or 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 bad. But it seems like the narrower my road goes, I don't get by 
with near what I got by with even a year ago. It's amazing to me how God does that work. But it's like, uh, for instance, I can't stand to lose my peace. Now there was a time that I don't know always when I lost my peace. But now when I lose peace, I start saying, okay, God, what have I done to, to cause this peace to, to be gone? Because usually it's an attitude. I'm just going to be honest with you. We have rotten attitudes, people. Attitudes are probably the one thing that does more to us individually as uh, preventing us from breaking through with God than almost anything else I can think of. Somebody uh, offends us and we don't know to give it immediately to the Lord. And so once they've offended us and we start wanting to retaliate, be angry back, hold on to that offense, then it begins to do something in us. It's like leaven in bread and it begins to rise. And I can, I'm beginning to see so many scriptures that Paul talked about, about that little bit of leaven, how it'll ruin the whole piece of, or the whole loaf. So I just urge all of you that don't take on offenses and carry them. Because it's the hardest thing, I think, because it's so easy to get offended. I could, you know, let's, let's face it. We face relationships all day long that can rub us the wrong way and cause us to want to ah, get back. You know, we want to snarl. We want to, if we don't do it outwardly, why we'll go away and we'll snarl. <laughs> we have got to stop judgment. Um, well, I'm just going to go on because I don't want to go on another rabbit trail. <laughs> but I just, just, just think about judgment for a minute because it's in our natural man to judge things. And uh, it's easy for us to judge people, to, to judge situations, to judge circumstances. If we judge... We are walking in a form of pride, I'm just going to tell you. We're going to walk in pride because in that situation, we have exalted ourselves above the person that we are judging. So, the body of sin is in our flesh, and boy, does our flesh want to be alive. That's why this scripture in Romans 12 is so important that we crucify that flesh and we allow that inner working of the Holy Spirit to purge us, to cleanse us, so that we don't come to God with a whole lot of sin consciousness. You know how we're not supposed to be thinking about sin or have our thoughts on sin? Because that's just like a cloud above our heads that's going to prevent us from breaking through where God wants us to be soaring in the heavenlies. And you know what? I want to soar. I know the rest of you do too. I want to be where there's no weight under me that is caused by sin, that I can be in a place where that's not what I'm thinking about. That's not where I'm at. My thoughts are consumed by God and I can go right up where he wants me to be because so many of us are earthbound. I'm just telling you.
we are earthbound instead of heavenbound. And God is working on the body to get us in our um, place where we are so aware of our position. We are so aware of what we have in Christ. We are so aware of the Spirit of God that dwells within us that we walk in a victory mindset and not a defeated mindset. How many years I spent thinking, I can't do this. Well, I can't do that. Well, I disqualified myself for years thinking I wasn't capable or God had used somebody else. He'd never use me. I mean, I can go on and on and on. And that self-talk keeps us earthbound. It keeps us from being able to go where God wants us to go. And I, I know this sounds like I'm oversimplifying things, but we've got to remember that we are two people. <laughs> We're this natural man and we are this spiritual man. And we can only determine ourselves which one we're going to be. I'm either going to walk in the flesh or I'm going to walk in the spirit. Which one am I going to choose? Because God says, I've set before you this day blessing and cursing. Death and life. Choose life. There's only life in one place, and that only place that there's life is in the spirit realm. Now, that doesn't mean we go around so spiritually minded that we're of no earthly good, but it means that we can live here in this world, not be a part of this world, and yet have that mindset where we do all things through Christ who strengthens us. It's an awareness of his presence. It's awareness of who we are in him. It's awareness of the position he's put us in. It's awareness of all of the benefits that he's given us. And if you don't know those benefits, read one, Psalm 103, first few verses. It will tell you all the benefits that we have being a, a Christian. He's my strength. He's my peace. He's my sound mind. He is my uh, joy. He is, no matter what it is that you desire to be that is positive, that's who he is. And we keep, we need to keep reminding ourselves of it because the world is always trying to pull us down, always trying to get us to look at things from the earthly perspective. And as long as we do, how can we have joy? Now, just look at the world around us now. If this is what we center on, guess what? <laughs> We're not going to have a whole lot of joy. And one thing I will say, and this is not to say anything about me personally, but this, this morning when I got up, and my, I'm telling you, I have not had pain like this in a long time. I kept saying, okay, God, I belong to you. This body belongs to you. This is not mine. This is yours. And I said, I will rejoice and be glad in this day. You've created it, not me. We have to sometimes just do a lot of self-talk to get ourselves out of the... Uh, humdrums, if that's what you want to call it. That self-talk had better be positive. It better be God talk. Because if I, if I agree with what's going on in my body, I'd have stayed home today. I'm just telling you. I'd have just, I wanted to go back to bed in the worst way when I first got up this morning. 
and I, uh, it's, I really believe that even determination can come from God. Yeah. He can give us the determination to make choices that we need to, to, to make. But you know what? If I don't give myself to him as that living sacrifice, if I haven't given him my soul, if I haven't given him my body, if I haven't given him my circumstances, if I haven't given him my husband, if I haven't given him some of the other things that goes on in my life, I'm hanging on to him. And if I hang on to him, it's like baggage. That baggage is always going to weigh you down. It's always going to come heavy. And then you can find yourself going, and you know when you're that way. Every one of us know when we're that way. So what do we do about it? Do we just stay there? That's not what God wants us to do. He doesn't want us to stay in that place. I have to, I have to choose life, begin to choose his word, begin to speak his word until the enemy lifts off of me because otherwise I'm going to walk around with that heaviness and it'll, it'll affect other people around me. I guarantee you it will. And, and you know, we have every opportunity with every circumstance the enemy throws at us to give in to that heaviness, to give in to that. Oh. Oh. You can feel the life leave you when you do it. That's the thing that um, is so, I mean, why we stay there, I don't know. Sometimes I'll be there a long time before I realize, now wait a minute, Sharon, is this really what you want to live in? And so I have to make that determination again. No, I'm going to choose life. I'm going to choose what I have in the spirit. And I am not going to stay in this place because God's got a better place for me to be. Okay? And so we really need to choose life and choose it every chance that we get. Okay, I see. Oh, I don't know where I was the last time. I really don't, you guys. I apologize for that. But when I get to going, I don't pay attention to my notes. And so, uh, well, let's, let's go. I think we did this last time, but I want to remind us about it. Colossians 3, 1 through 11. And I'll just read it out of the, this. I think this is out of the American Standard. Since you have been raised with Christ... Set your hearts on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, and it goes into a lot of things there. Your sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, greed, all of which is idolatry. <clears throat> because of these things, the wrath of God is coming, and that's on the unbelievers, not the believers. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived, but now you must rid yourself of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, Filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other since you have taken off your old self with its practices and you have put on the new self which is being renewed in knowledge in the image 
of its creator. It's just pretty much what we were just talking about. And so put on Christ and put on all that he is and remind yourself you have the mind of Christ, not the mind that goes with this world and not the mind that goes with our fleshly nature. So, uh, and then I just, I just quoted Deuteronomy 30, which says, I've set before you life and death, blessing and cursing, therefore choose life. And that says that both you and your descendants may live, that you may love the Lord your God, that you may obey his voice, and that you may cling to him, for he is your life and the length of your days and that you may dwell in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, to give to them. Now, now that was their earthly land, but we have the heavenly land. We have the kingdom. So he wants us to inherit the kingdom, and we're going to inherit the kingdom by always choosing life. And that covenant that God made just go back and look at the covenant that he made with Abraham. We even have a better covenant since Jesus shed his blood and he came and he's provided healing, deliverance, peace, joy, strength, everything that we could possibly need, he provided. But how often do we reach up and take upon ourselves and receive everything that he has given to us. And I'm not trying to be hard on anyone because I have to walk this walk too. And it's, it's um, God's in the, in the process of transforming our lives. And the thing that the world wants to do is to conform our lives. He wants, the world wants to conform us to its ways, to its patterns, to everything that is here on, on this earthly realm. And guess who's in charge of that? The devil himself is the one that is the ruler of this world. And so our flesh wants to gravitate to both of those and we don't realize all of the areas that we gravitated to those in the natural before Jesus came along. So he is in the process through the renewing of our mind to really make that transformation possible. And I know we went to a movie the other night and uh, there was one of the things that was said in that, mo that movie that is so real and so true. The church is full of discouraged, despondent Christians. They go to church, they go home, maybe they have a prayer life, maybe they don't have a prayer life, but the life that Jesus has given us is not prevalent in most churches. And I really believe that there is gonna be a time where God is gonna put before us that choice that is gonna be so real and I think this church has made it, that we're not satisfied with status quo any longer. If we don't go beyond the status quo, how are we going to ever see the signs and the miracles and the wonders that God has for us? We're not. And that's why the churches, they appear to be dead, is because they've got faithful churchgoers. 
they got faithful people who say, oh, I love God and I believe in Jesus. But they have denied the power. Amen. Denied the power that goes. We are so privileged. Do we realize how privileged we are as Christians? Once we begin to realize, God, what a privilege to be able to worship you, to be able to to know that as human beings that we have access to this phenomenal God, that we can break through that veil that is no longer there and go boldly before a throne of grace. And we can receive from him everything that we need. There's nothing stopping us except us. And I really believe that the decision is going to have to be made in the church itself as to what do you want? What do you want from me? Because God wants to give us everything and the church is sitting here receiving hardly anything. And God is grieved by his people. I'm just telling you, he is grieved. He says, step in. Go past that threshold. Don't just stay behind this door. And, you know, if we are afraid to go forward, if we are afraid to break into the unknown, for instance, uh, that's what life is all about. I don't know what tomorrow brings, but you know what? I'm going to step into tomorrow. The same thing with the Holy Spirit. I don't know what God might come in and do today, but he has to get his church ready for what's going to happen in the church. If the church itself isn't prepared, how are we going to handle the converts? How are we going to handle the ones that are so desperate and in need? How are we going to take care of the drunks and the, and the druggies and all of the other things? They're going to come into the church because they're looking for, for answers. And what is the church going to give them? Because I know what the church has given them in the past. They get them in the door and then they shun them because they are less than, because they are not what we think they ought to be. And so they get left behind. And you know what? That grieves the Holy Spirit more than anything else. When his people exalt themselves above the very people he's bringing in to change. We don't know what they're going to become. They may become the greatest evangelist or the greatest apostle or the greatest prophet that that is down the road. How many of them do you know that are out there now that was in prison or in jail somewhere or under the influence of drugs or an alcoholic or whatever? Their past has led the way for them to be who they are today to help those that have been so deprived and, and overlooked. And I'm telling you, we have to look at ourselves and say, how am I going to deal with someone that comes through these doors that smells to high heaven or reeks of alcohol? Are we going to have the capacity to embrace them and love them and say, welcome, welcome? Oh, Jesus, 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 Jesus. I'm sure glad God didn't reject me. <laughs> if he had it, he could have. He had every reason to, but he didn't, and he's not going to reject anybody else. And we claim 
that we're representing him. So I think God's going to probably chastise the church because of our lack of love and our lack of compassion and our lack of mercy. That day's going to come, guys. It's going to come. I want to see him come through that door. You know, we've talked a lot about what happens on Easter, and um, they've opened this whole area here for the kids to come on their egg hunt and everything. You have no idea what some of these kids have come from. I know you, you had a lot of them this last time. How those kids are treated may be the very thing that'll get a parent through the door. Who knows? But how many were here? Um, we probably had about 200 kids uh, that awesome. actually um, signed up for the things, but there was other people that said, no, our kids are just here for the egg hunt. So we could have had almost 300 kids, maybe wow. 250. Wow. That, that's not counting the parents that came, moms and dads and aunts and grandmas and things like that. So we... Yeah. Have had well up to 400 or more. See, to me, that's awesome. It's awesome. It's, 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 it's a tool is what it is to open the door saying, come, you're welcome. We want, we want this door, these doors to be open to the whole community. And, and, and some of the kids are going to be the very ones that lead their parents <laughs> through those doors. So how we treat those kids has everything to do with maybe how the parents are going to respond. So anyway. Uh, I just wanted to, uh, I don't know whether I went into this the last time or not, but when God begins that work of transformation in us, it's almost like a, like the butterfly, you know, that metamorphosis that the butterfly goes through. Goes, you know, there's all kinds of stages, from the larva to the cocoon to the actual butterfly, and each one of those stages are so important. And, you can relate that almost to your own life. I can remember when I felt like I was in a cocoon, and I probably was a worm, you know, beforehand. But I know the day that I, after I received the baptism, that something happened to me, and I knew I was freer than I had ever been in my life. I knew that I wanted more of God than I ever wanted in my life. Something happened, so there was a metamorphosis that took place within me. But there's the metamorphosis that has to take place in the church mm -hmm. so that the church becomes the church and not just a religious organization because that's what it has been. It's been a relig religious organization where people just go hang out, do their social stuff, pray a little, do this a little. <laughs> I'm thankful that this is a praying church. I'm thankful that we have a... It is. It is. But you know, that takes prayer. And, I mean, I praise God for Patty. I mean, she's the prayer pastor. And, and it, I'll tell you, sometimes I think she probably feels like the Lone Ranger because there's a lot of other people that don't come. I always said I wanted to be here on Wednesday night, and I can't be. I uh, can't be everywhere. So, uh, But I know that the prayer night is in good hands, and she's been called to it. And so I've been praying that more people be able to join her and come, because that corporate prayer, I see, I see prayers all the time answered just because of that. And I had a strange thing happen this morning, and I don't want to, so remind me, will you?
I woke up at two o'clock this morning and uh, Rosemary was on my mind and I I had a picture it was just a picture and uh, I saw they were uh, there was a group of ladies that was in a car and they were driving all around the airport just all around the airport and they were proclaiming something over the airport I sent her a text this morning because I don't know if I don't have you guys prayed around the airport? No, we haven't, but we will today. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was like okay, I don't know what the airport has to do with anything, but I knew it was important. I just knew it was and I thought what those guys are doing is important. That th that yes. prayer that prayer is very and everyone's not going to be called to do that and that's perfectly okay. But whatever is going on in the atmosphere with that group is, I want to pray about that today. She, say she was up a lot during the night, and she just had surgery last Thursday. But uh, she was up during the night, and she's asking God, you have to give us strategy. Yeah. And then she gets yeah. that text from you. Oh, did she tell you she got it? Yeah, she, yeah, she told me. Oh. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. fun. <laughs> that's that's God, I tell you. Wow. That's amazing. That's to me. That's just God is so awesome. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, God is trying to awaken the church. God, pray for your nation. It's urgent. Yeah, it we is. We don't realize how yes. urgent it is. The, 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 yeah, I and agree. You, you're right on. You're yeah. right on. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yes, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> well, the, the, last night we spent a lot of time praying and decreeing over the nation because of the something I had seen online that they said we need to be decreeing now. God needs our decrees now. Yeah. And so yeah. Ann came in saying she really yeah. thought we need to pray for a reverence when people come into the sanctuary. So we prayed into that first. Yes. That yes. The, this sanctuary would be, you know, it's okay what's up there in the foyer, but when they come in the sanctuary, there's a reverence, an increased yes. reverence. Yeah. Yes. But then we prayed and we decreed over the nation. We did scriptures that God's justice would come and the wicked would be plucked up. We have to agree now. I, I agree. I agree. And I did tell Rosemary this morning how when President Bush came in the, whenever he came in the early 2000s, me and my prayer partner at the time, Anita Lambie, went up to a church that overlooked the, mili the National Guard. We could see where Air Force One was from this church because they weren't at the airport, they were at the National Guard. And we found a post where we could see the plane and we prayed over it. So I know place we can do that. That's okay. good. That's good to know that. Yeah. Yeah. Julie Green said that the military was going to be in the skies more than ever. 
and what's going on in the waters around the United States. Oh, I'm sure. We don't even know about it. She said, God will take care of it. I agree. I agree. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> oh, praise God, praise God, praise God. Anyhow, you woke up at 2 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> well, that's what I got was I saw that picture. And so I thought, okay. So I sent her that, that notice this morning. I said, I'd, I, I don't know whether you've been around the airport or not, but pray about being about doing that because when something like that happens, it's not you. You know, you're not usually the because I had nothing like that on my thoughts at all. So, yeah. And you know, I'm convinced that when we uh, give God our mind or our heart or whatever at night when we go to bed, that our spirit man is praying even though we don't know it is. Because I've wakened up more than once with either someone on my mind or something on my mind that was sure not there in any other way. And yeah, so praise God. I'm glad that that's happened. That's exciting that she was up praying <laughs> for strategy at the same time. So this is in 2 Corinthians 3.18. And I, I remember I used this uh, when I was speaking quite a bit at a glow and after a glow because it was sort of my theme scripture. But it's 2 Corinthians 3.18. Uh, we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. What I want to emphasize here is that so many times we try to be what God says we are. So we try to be holy, or we try to be this, or we try to be that. And what ends up happening is we fail, because what God wants us to do is give ourselves as that living sacrifice so that it's Him in us doing that and not us ourselves. Because so many times we strive to improve what can't be improved, and I'm talking about our flesh. <laughs> Been there, done that, you fail every time and you wonder why. And it's because God is getting rid of all self-sufficiency. I guarantee you guys, if you are leaning towards your own self-sufficiency, whatever you're trying to do, you're not going to be able to do it. Just telling you. It's God's grace. If we don't realize everything is by God's grace, God's grace is what makes me able to do all things through Christ who strengthens me. God's grace is what changes my life. God's grace. Everything is God's grace. It's nothing. Because if I think I can do it, guess what? I'm going to take credit. And if I take credit, then I'm going to get puffed up. If I get puffed up, then I'm going to think everybody else should be able to do what I do. <laughs> I'm telling you, our flesh stinks, guys. <laughs> yeah, it, does. it just plain, ah, okay? 
No wonder God says that no good thing dwells in our flesh because it doesn't. It's because it's always about me. And we've got to get rid of the me. I mean, I've talked about it, I'll, and I'll probably continue to talk about it. But we got to get us out of the out of the way. We're the biggest hindrance to the, the Holy Spirit and the move of God of anything. We it's just we just are. So, and so let's go to Romans, the third verse, and this is where okay it says, "For by the grace given me." And this is what Paul is saying. I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the measure of faith that God has given you. Isn't that a good scripture? <laughs> okay. Verse 4 says, Just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we are many who form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. And we have different gifts according to the grace given us. Um, it goes on to talk about how uh, if a man's gift is prophesying, this particular word, prophesying, also means the testimony of Jesus. If you look up prophecy, that's exactly what the definition means. It's the testimony of Jesus. So many times we think of prophecy as being the gift where you foretell the future. But that is not what this particular scripture is talking about. It's talking about being the testimony of Jesus. So it could be witnessing. It could be... Um, just just sharing your life, the, uh, uh, your own life about God or whatever. It could be teaching, encouraging, all of those. Those are all gifts, just like the nine gifts are. And so if you think you don't have any gifts, you're wrong. We all need to know that we are gifted by the Holy Spirit to do many things. Hospitality having that gift to have people come in your home and and just share things in from your home that's a gift there's a gift of hospitality there's a gift of helps where you feel like okay i just want to help somebody i want to i'll tell you ann's got that gift of helps <laughs> it's a gift definitely a gift and i praise god for the that gift that is in her because many lives have been blessed by that gift of helps so many times we don't stop to think of those as gifts because they're not mentioned in 1 Corinthians where the nine gifts are mentioned. But they are gifts by the, by the Holy Spirit, just the same. Um, so it goes on in verse 9. It says, Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Honor one another above yourself. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with God's people who are in need and practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Oh, I could stay there for a long time. 
rejoice with those who rejoice, mourn with those who mourn, live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. This is one of the things I think we were talking about when we first started in this morning, is that when the unlovable come through the doors, this is when we ask God to love them through us. Because I don't think our human nature has that capacity. I think our human nature just has that tendency to look down on somebody that is what we think may be the lower life. But God doesn't. And so we want to look at each other, not only through the Spirit, but that person that is coming to receive Jesus by the Spirit. And there is a scripture, and I wish I had written it down, that um, we are not to know any one of us. I'm supposed to know every one of you by the Spirit. That's not easy, is it, Barb? But it's worth it. <laughs> but it's worth it. It is so worth it. You'll find peace there. I guarantee you, you'll find peace there. Because it, it once again... Our human nature does exalt itself. We just do, guys. We just do it. It isn't in our human nature to let anybody get ahead of us. And so this is why so many times when the gifts are being demonstrated, you'll see competition or you'll see uh, somebody wanting to take credit for those gifts. I'll tell you, we get into some dangerous territory when they are not through the motivation of God's love. It has to be through his love. And we know what 1 Corinthians says. It says we're brass symbols or tinkling whatever. <laughs> well, all we're doing is making a lot of noise if it isn't got done through God's love. And I can tell you, can you tell the difference? I can, can't you? You, you can think you're sitting there not, not really having any feelings and the Holy Spirit will take over and you'll find yourself just crying. <laughs> it happens. And, and that's what we want. We want the Holy Spirit to be in charge so that His love is what's going to be portrayed to the people that are involved. So um, I know you guys know that, but it's, it's good to be reminded. Okay. Hey, we're in, uh, we've got some progress made today. <laughs> Praise God. Okay, uh, we talked maybe a little bit about this, but um, these gifts that, that everyone has, they're not my gift. They're the gifts of the Holy Spirit. They are not for my good, for my credit, for my reputation, for my whatever, popularity, anything. They are for the good of the body. And everyone in here has gifts. And those gifts are not for you. They're God. They're used. They're for the body. Because we've got to remember that there is only one spirit, one God, one body, one faith. One, 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 one. Not all the... Everything is for the common good. Everything is. And it, that's what it says in, let's see, what chapter is that? 1 Corinthians 12. To each man, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. That's 1 Corinthians 12, 7. 
I'm not going to go into all of the uh, gifts and the names of the gifts because I think we're going to be covering that maybe even a little more on Sundays and maybe even, well, I know we're going to be going into it on that training day too. Uh, okay. Oh, that's really good. First Corinthians is really good. You have that passion again. I'd like to hear you hear what the passion says out of First Corinthians twelve, starting at verse four, and read at least through. Uh, yeah, that whole thing is good. Twelve, starting at four. Uh huh. Go through. Yeah, go, go, go clear through to 31. I know that sounds like a lot, but I want to hear what the passion says. Okay. It is the same Holy Spirit who continues to distribute many different varieties of gifts. The Lord Yahweh is one, and he is the one who apportions to believers different varieties of ministries. The same God distributes different kinds of miracles that accomplish different results through each believer's gift and ministry as he energizes and activates them. Each believer is given continuous revelation by the Holy Spirit to benefit not just himself, but all. Varieties, um, yeah, for example, the Spirit gives to one the gift of the word of wisdom. To another, the same Spirit gives the gift of the word of revelation knowledge. And to another, the same Spirit gives the gift of faith. And to another, the same Spirit gives gifts of healing. And to another, the power to work miracles. And to an another, the gift of prophecy. And to another, the gift of dis to discern what the Spirit is speaking. And to another, the gift of speaking different kinds of tongues. And to another, the gift of interpretation of tongues. Remember, it is the same Holy Spirit who distributes, activates, and operates these different gifts as he chooses for each believer. One body with many parts, just as the human body is one, though it has many parts that together form one body, so too is Christ. For by one spirit we all were immersed and mingled into one single body. And no matter our status, whether we are Jews or non-Jews, oppressed or free, we are all privileged to drink deeply of the same Holy Spirit. In fact, the human body is not one single part, but rather many parts mingled into one. So if the foot were to say, since I'm not a hand, I'm not a part of the body, it's forgetting that it is still a vital part of the body. And if the ear were to say, since I'm not an eye, I'm not really a part of the body, it's forgetting that it is still an important part of the body. Think of it this way. If the whole body were just an eyeball, how could it hear sound? And if the whole body were just an ear, how could it smell different fragrances? But God has carefully designed each member and placed it in the body to function as he desires. A diversity is required, for if the body consisted of one single part, there wouldn't be a body at all. So now we see that there are many different parts and functions, but one body. No competition for importance within the body. It would be wrong for the eye to say to the hand, I don't need you, and equally wrong for the head to say to the foot, I don't need you, 
In fact, the weaker our parts, the more vital and essential they are. The body parts we think are less honorable we treat with greater respect, and the body parts that need to be covered in public we treat with propriety and clothe them. But some of our body parts don't require as much attention. Instead, God has mingled the body parts together, giving greater honor to the lesser members who lacked it. He has done this intentionally so that every member would look after the others with mutual concern and so that there will be no division in the body. In that way, whatever happens to one member happens to all. If one suffers, everyone suffers. If one is honored, everyone rejoices. You are the body of the anointed one, and each of you is a unique and vital part of it. God has placed in the church the following. First apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then those with gifts of miracles, gifts of divine healing, gifts of revelation knowledge, gifts of leadership, and gifts of different kinds of tongues. Not everyone is an apostle or a prophet or a teacher. Not everyone performs miracles or has gifts of healing or speaks in tongues or interprets tongues. But you should all constantly boil over with passion in seeking the higher gifts. And now I will show you a superior way to live that is, to live that is beyond comparison. I believe that's 13. The next is in chapter 13. Okay, yeah. That's pretty powerful stuff. It really is. Does anybody have any questions before we go on? Anybody? I don't know whether uh, we consciously do this or not. I don't, but I think that it's good for us to do it. That for us to recognize that we all are a part of one another we're all part of a body that we all belong to one another and you know we've used the expression that sometimes our christian friends are more family to us than our own immediate family sometimes and i think god wants us to look at it that way that we look at each other as we are part of one another and we need one another a lot of times we get isolated and we think oh, i don't need anybody no we do god made us that way we cannot be an island unto ourselves we cannot be isolated and not be a part of one another and i i know i used to like to isolate i don't know if anybody else ever has but when things went wrong and i was in my doomy, gloomy days, why I would want to stay home and stay out of public and stay isolated and away from everybody. It's the worst thing you can do because in isolation, in isolation, you become a victim of the enemy. I just want to tell you that. He likes to pick on those that are isolated. You know, don't you? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's it's um. Just remember that when you are tempted to isolate. Now, there's a difference between isolating and drawing yourself away to spend time with the Lord. There's a difference. And you know the difference. <laughs> so anyway, just wanted, just wanted to bring that out. Um, Barb, how come I'm drawn to you today? Is there something going on? No. Do you have something you're supposed to share?
is there something, I mean, seriously, is there something going on in your thoughts that maybe you need to share? Because I've just really, I'm just like honing in on you today for some reason. I know you have a very special walk with the Lord, so if you have something to share, we need to hear it. What are we pursuing? Are we pursuing God? Or are we pursuing what we want? Are we, you know, we, we think, oh, it's probably God. No, you'll know when God says, go do this. And you'll also know when it's not Him. Because He loves us so much. Mm -hmm. And it just hit me. I was like, we all, we all are, were sinners. We all ask Christ into our life, why would we want to go back to something that didn't do any good to, to begin with? That's why we accepted Christ. Why would we want to listen to ourselves or listen to people who don't know God when he died for us and he saved us and he gave us a new life? Why would we even want to think that we need evil in our lives to succeed. But that pursuing makes a difference, and I think that's kind of what you picked up on it, what God has done in me. I had to pursue that mm -hmm. and really let go of the things that are not God in order to find what he, he needed me to know so I could have that life. Amen. So I started teaching. Like I said, I needed that in my life. I needed to be motivated to read the Word every day and to let Him do that in me instead of me just, that's how I feel is what you get, you know. That's, uh, you know, that's what you grow up in. You do you think of. Here you go, <laughs> yes. you know. But yes. to be able for you to see God change you and what you want is what He wants. Mm hmm Wow. Because exactly. there are times when we think, oh, but no. That's why I'm, I'm trying to listen, you know. It's like I don't want to say anything because I'm listening. I'm, I'm learning. But there are times when he says, pursue me. Mm -hmm. Just pursue what mm -hmm. I have for you. Mm -hmm. Because then you can give it to other people and they can pursue. Yes. And they can find what God wants for them. Because like you said, it's not going to be always the same but we all love Jesus the same. That's you know, right. that, that's not going to change. It's always going to be the same God and the same Jesus mm -hmm. and the same Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. And that's what makes us a family. That's what makes me go, I am not going to gossip against somebody. I'm not going to talk about them. I'm not going to do the things I used to do in the natural because I love them. And I'm not perfect. So why would I think that I can say that about someone or pull somebody down when they're not perfect either. Mm -hmm. Pray for them. That's mm -hmm. what God's trying to get us exactly. to be that one one body, one mind, one heart. Exactly. And that's really what he's trying to do. Um, I know when, when Jim and Michelle left, that was really hard for me because they were family. Mm -hmm. It wasn't that I loved them more than I loved Janice and Barry. It was just their family. 
that's what was hard for me. Yep. I mean, I, I can go see him if I want to. I can, you know. But when God has something for somebody to do, you know it. I knew they were leaving. I just thought we were all going. You know. <laughs> I mean, I. You know. And you think you know what God's doing. When that happened, what the Lord did in helping us all to stay together, she was like crazy. Like. We have to stay together, Mark. Do you understand me? Do you understand? Yeah. And and I did understand. But we were going to have a different head. We were going to have a pastor. We were going to have things that God knew we needed for the end time. And it's, it's not that Jim and Michelle can't walk through the door and be a part of us again. It's not like that. It's whatever God wants to do Amen. to make us a body so we can be usable. Amen. And, you know, for the body of Christ. And when people start coming through, we are not better than they are. We were they. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If we think about it that way, I was that. Mm-hmm. But God. And but if we God. But God, then we need that. Yes, we, we do. But God. That's Look right. What he did for me. Look what I have that I would never have. Amen. I would be dead now. I mean, physically dead now if I hadn't accepted Christ. What, what, what is back there? Absolutely nothing. So when you read the word and it says, why would you want to follow that? I got saved, so I wouldn't follow that. <laughs> you know, and sometimes we just, if things start getting on us and we don't realize how blessed we are. That's exactly so right. Because we have such a good family here. I don't have a good family out there. I love them, but they don't know Jesus. So I, I need this. I need people to love me and put up with me and, you know, whatever. That's just our earth. Just let her go. But we need that. We need to know we're accepted. No yes. If we do something dumb or stupid, I'm sorry, but, you know, we do do things like that. It's, it's like, just love me anyway. Exactly. God loves me. That's what I have exactly. to do. Exactly. I have to love you anyway because that's uh-huh. what God does. Exactly. So, couldn't have said it better. No, you. I knew you had something. I was sitting here and I just kept thinking, "My God, what am I being so drawn to Barb for?" <laughs> so I knew you had something that you needed to share. So praise God for that. That's awesome. I was good. That was what good what you shared. Fit right in. Fit right in. So, um, so Barb, I want to ask a question, and you can probably answer it because you kind of have. But how do you keep your spiritual fervor? Because you know how the enemy's always nagging at us. And we go through things and uh, we feel, we feel uh, our emotions and things get in the way. And sometimes uh, our passion for God, you know, will kind of... How do you keep that fervor so that you are... I need that. When you need something, you go after that because you need it. And I don't have the answers. I wish I did, but I only get them through God. If I'm saying I'm a, my trust is in Him, my faith is in Him, everything. Because if you guys all grew up in Christian homes, it's different than growing up in a heathen home where you got nada. And I go after it. So that's what I'm saying. I pursue it. I mm-hmm. have to mm-hmm. because I didn't have that. Mm-hmm. And there may be people who didn't hear that didn't have that. I pursue that. I have to have that. That's my life. And that's what the Bible says. It's my life. Exactly. This is my life. This is not just that happened, oh, I'm going to do this for a while, and I'll go do something else. 
this is who I am. Mm -hmm. And that and that's what Jesus says. This is who you are to me, you know? And if I believe that, then I can walk in that and know who I am in Christ. Mm -hmm. It took a while. I mean, you know, we had to go from different we went from Pentecostal to, you know, different things. But when we got into grace, it was like, oh, it all makes sense. It all I all understand, God, what you're talking about. That grace through faith, I was saved. I get it. And yeah. the day it popped in me, I was like, I and Jim was up there preaching went, Well, it's Jesus. <laughs> But it was a revelation to me. Uh It was like, uh oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. So I I just, I think that that, I think that that's something we have to have our whole life. Until we go home to see Jesus, we have to have that, that pursuit of who God is. What, What scripture was that you was reading? What, what was that scripture you was reading? Was I don't it? Oh, okay. I just, I just thought maybe. Yeah, I just the reason yeah. I said that is because it was worth hearing it all over again. Yeah. So, okay. Now, you're, you answered me pertaining to your daily life, your daily walk. Yes. Now, I'm going to just use the healing rooms for an example. We started out in the healing rooms in 2008. And the passion and the fervor at that time was just, it was out there. Um, So here we are all these years later. And one of the things I'm praying for is that that fervor, that that passion return, because it's not what it was. I think that you get into something and you keep doing it over and over and over, and something happens, and I'm I'm just now I I, I see it in a few, but I want to see it in the whole group because it was in the whole group when we started back in 2008. So I think though too, as you grow, you know what I mean. You kind of get sit there. Oh, I got it. You know, because it's it's different every time you minister for somebody. It's different. Mm-hmm. You have to listen to the Holy Spirit. And sometimes if you get a little little bit of knowledge, then you go, oh, I know what to do here. Instead of praying, you go, oh, I know how to, you know. And right now I can't do that. I mean, so I think you just, if you're still trusting God no matter what, even if you know things, you know, even if there's things in you that God's put in you, just like the Patty, she knows the word like that, but yet she's still putting a demand on that. I need you, God, to tell me what to say, what to pray, how to do that, and not just, oh, well, I remember that prayer. I'll pray like that because I did mm-hmm. it there. Mm-hmm. That makes a difference. And mm-hmm. I think if you if you are totally, total into God, it's, i got to have you. I have no idea what that person needs, but you do. It is all about Him. Exactly. It's absolutely all about Him. Not That's... how I feel or what I said or how well that worked. Oh, look, Sharon did that. I'll try that. No. <laughs> what does God say to you? Mm-hmm. And I think that that's what you're looking mm-hmm. at because mm-hmm. we've done it a while. And instead of going, oh, God, what do you want us to do? Sometimes we lean on what we know instead of what that new word says. Mm-hmm. What's the new word mm-hmm. going to say 
to that person that's never been said before. Well, you know how uh, Terry is always saying, I, I can tell you, I always think Terry's face on this. God's mercies are new every morning. And uh, I, want, I want us to get to the place where we see that we can have that fresh newness in him every day it doesn't have to it doesn't have to grow uh, you know what i'm saying it shouldn't get that way and like you one of the things i'm so aware of and i say it so many times is oh god i need you i i say it over and oh god i need you i don't dare trust i don't trust myself for one thing i don't trust me at all i'll probably say the wrong thing do the wrong thing or who knows what, but I am so aware of my need for him. So I think that's pretty much what you're saying, is that's what it's at, that's where it's all at, so. No matter how long I've been saying, you know, uh -huh. I was 16 when I got saved. That's a long time. Yeah. Yeah. But I have had to stay pushing the whole time. God, I do, because when you teach kids, <laughs> they're smart. And, and they you are. Know what you're talking about, they're going to go, what? You know, what are you talking about? What, are you, what do I care about that? But when you do it by the Spirit of God, like what you said, when you teach kids by the Spirit, you're, you're, you're talking into who they are. Exactly. And you're trying to let them know you are alive in Christ. You have a new identity. You know, you're, you're um, I don't want to say, uh, you're more than a conqueror you're, you know you're you're putting into them who they're going to be and it's a big responsibility at least that's how I took it mm -hmm. and so teaching other people's children is a whole different thing too because I don't know what mom and dad would say but I'm going to say the word you know so if if that's a problem then the parents have a problem not you I want you to know the word I want you to know who you are and I think that that's something that's always me just mm -hmm. I mm -hmm. didn't have that as a child, you know. So you go after mm -hmm. that, you know, and you find mm -hmm. it, and you realize I should be dead, and I'm not. Thank you, God, and I just need you. So yeah. You. yeah, yeah, um, Barb, you have something that I think a lot of people here today would like to have, um, and it is. Um, I, I I've seen it in you. It, it's it's. It's enviable, if that's the right word, because it's, it's almost like childlike uh, exuberance, um, faith, uh, like you're expecting something new from God all the time. I don't know how else to explain it. Uh, every once in a while when, when you will respond like in the service or something, you trigger something inside of me. It's like, yeah, yeah, I want to I want to shout. Yes, go. <laughs> you know. Uh, when the kids was doing was I, I think it was you. I maybe it wasn't you, but I think it was you. I was hearing the kids service Sunday, the Easter uh, service. Yes. I tell you what, I was Very feeling good. it. I was feeling it and you was expressing it. It was like yeah. wasn't that profound? Was that good. was profound what happened on Sunday morning. So Anyway, I wanted, if you don't mind doing it, would you anoint each one of us with oil and say a prayer to, for God to give to all of us, whatever that is. 
I think that we need to get out of our shell and our, because I do, I, I pray a lot that God will take me out of my shell. Now, if the Spirit just hits me, I might, I might get, you know, but I'd like to be able to, like Terry, Terry's got it, you know. I love it. It's just a spontaneous exuberance, it's, and it's all God. And so, yeah, I love it. Would you mind doing that? I think a lot of it has to do with, I don't really care what you think. You know, I was, I'm just saying, I had to get there. I, oh, I know, I, I, I know. Oh yeah, exactly. You, you know, just go down that. We're gonna do this. And we're gonna. I, the guy would always give me ideas. Okay, do this with them and show them how to do this and get them excited about doing this and this. So I really had to just go. You know, I don't really care what anybody thinks. I roll around on the floor a lot. People just like whatever God wants, we're gonna do. Mm -hmm. And it was just about Him. So I think most of us is just what are people gonna think if I do that? What are people gonna do? You know. And we shouldn't really care. We no, really shouldn't right. care because if we really want what God wants, we'll do whatever. Mm -hmm. You know? I, there you go. There, yeah, right there. Uh -huh. do, do what God tells you to do. Uh -huh. and, uh -huh. and sometimes I'm like, oh, what, I like to do that. That's really good. But then God's going, oh, I want you right here. Do that. You know? But we have to hear that. Have yeah, she that. had to get past that too yeah. because she had so much come against her and in, in the churches in the past because... That gift that's in her, most people are not used to it. And so I don't know whether that's what it was or whether it was just the prim and proper. I don't know. Yeah, I, she probably knows and better. Believe, and our church really wasn't, our pastor was willing, like Barry's, just do whatever God tells you to do. You know, so when Chris did that, I was like, oh, that's awesome. <laughs> you know, that's awesome. He, Jim, he was the first one that ever validated me. Yeah. And I mean, God put a, a breaker anointing upon my husband and I, and we would go into the churches way off west in the wilderness. And um, you know, there came a point where we knew God said, "Shake the dust off your feet and move on." Mm -hmm. And it's been very difficult. And people didn't understand my husband either, the Jewish roots that he loves to teach. Mm -hmm. And uh, he was put down for that, and he would get nasty little notes. Jesus was not a Jew, you know, and et cetera, et cetera. But that's the religious spirit that we're surrounded by out in the wilderness. And I think in the city, too, you know, big synagogues and et cetera. But, um, yeah, it's been, it's been a real trip. It's been hard. But when she goes so into warfare, because, see, I've been on the receiving end of that more than once. And no, I'll say no. Chris, you pray for me. I have absolutely yeah. <laughs> no problem. Jim and Sharon. Sharon has always, you know, she brought me up in the Lord. I mean, spiritually. But he was, I really respected him because he was the first pastor that really saw me by the Spirit. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, that started with me when we came uh, here from Open Bible. We came here and for two years we sat, and I thought we would be here like 15 minutes. And I'm like, God, I cannot listen to this man anymore. You know, he's talking about the hail, fire, brimstone stuff, and we were in faith. We were walking in faith. You know, where's that at? And the Lord said, you pray for this man. 
okay. Two years we prayed, Debbie and I. God, this has to change. This has to change. And God did that. I mean, we didn't know, but the Lord said, you need to know him by the Spirit. If you don't know his heart and you don't know him by the Spirit, then nothing, nothing is going to make right any sense. So it does not make sense what he says or what he's doing. I said, okay. And so Debbie and I did that. We prayed two years. And then he started having all these experiences and prophecies happening. And he's finding that, you know, I need to change what I'm saying. I need to, it needs to be God, you know. So, yeah. But if it's not by the Spirit, and he told me once, he said, Barb, he said, you 